Brian Gutekunst, the GM of the Green Bay Packers. Did nothing in the NFL trade deadline as the Packers allegedly couldn't come to an agreement with Will Fuller, Texans wide receiver. Rowdy, good morning. We got some answers yesterday, and they were all bad answers. Yeah, a lot of them is what we expected, especially with the Packers. And we, I mean, you said no, I said no when we had RJ in here. RJ said no when it comes to do we think they're going to do anything. We all said no. And even though we all said no, I knew nothing was going to happen. When nothing did happen, though, I still was a little upset. How about you? Yeah, I was peeved, especially when it, it came down to we couldn't find a common ground for value. Yeah, so what, did the Texans want a second-round draft pick for Will Fuller? Is that what's floating around out there? The pe- <laughs> The Texans wanted a second-round draft pick for Will Fuller, Rowdy. At least you knew you were getting a, a known commodity with Will Fuller. Yes. I have no idea what Brian Gutekunst is going to take with a second-round pick, but if trends are your friends, it's probably not going to be the great player. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say next year with that second-round draft pick, Brian Gutekunst will take a backup quarterback to Jordan Love. Not a backup to Rodgers, not a backup to Boyle, but a backup to Love because he wants to make sure that he's got a secure backup spot once Jordan Love is named the quarterback. Um, what did the Packers do last for their second-round pick? They got a guy that gave them COVID-19? A.J. Dillon? He's carried the ball about 20 times. He's carried the ball, and he's carried COVID-19. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, how, how many years has it been? All right, more second-round picks. Uh, Elton Jenkins, Goody selected in 2019. But what do we think about that one? Great pick. Let's go to Josh Jackson, 2018. Hasn't worked out so hot. And then I guess we'll just go back, and now we'll go to Ted Thompson. Josh Jones, second-round pick, and Kevin King. But they traded back to get Kevin King. Yeah, that that true Josh Jones pick was the second-rounder. Yes. Uh, Josh Didn't Jones. No longer on the team. Didn't work out. Didn't oh. really have a position. Okay, how about this second-round pick in 2016? Jason Spriggs. Next. <laughs> Jason Spriggs, got, by the way. Did he just get cut? Um, Jason Spriggs or got COVID-19. He, or yeah, that's what it was, COVID. Jason Spriggs got diagnosed with COVID-19 yesterday. He will be out a while for the Chicago Bears. He's looked Bears. sick his whole career out on the field. All right, here's another second-round pick, 2015. Quentin Rollins. No longer in the NFL. Uh, there's a good one right here. Devontae Adams, 2014. Yeah, six years ago. Yep. And then uh, seven years ago, Eddie, Eddie Lacy. Remember Ed? Remember Big Ed? No longer in the league. 2012, Jarrell Worthy, Rowdy. Also probably no longer in the league. Uh, we're going to go all the way to 2010, just making a nice decade. 2011, Randall Cobb. That was pretty nice. That was all right. His picture's hanging behind me. Autographed. Met him at AT&T. And then in 2010, just to round out the decade, Mike Neal. What do you think of... A lot of guys not in the NFL anymore. So, or uh, on the Packers. So of the past 10 years, the Packers have had success with Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams. Do we count Eddie Lacy as a success? Yeah, for two years. Okay, and Eddie Lacy. So out of... We're, can you say Elton Jenkins is a success? I think so. He's been really good since they drafted him. Okay, so what is that? Three then? Three out of 10? 
Three and a half. Three and a half? We'll go three and a half. That's how many second rounders the Packers have had work out. And in that time, Rowdy, uh, all the way back to 2010. Now, 2010 is that Super Bowl year. But I don't think uh, – did Mike Neal have a lot to do with that Super Bowl run? No. Out of all of those names, besides that 2010 class, who has had a Super Bowl under their belt? None of them. What have the Packers done for the past, well, I don't know, like 20 years when it comes to the trade deadline? Nothing. Yeah, pretty much sit tight. They've done nothing. What's the Rowdy, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. And the Packers did the same effing thing they have always done, and that is do absolutely nothing in the trade deadline. Will Fuller, how about this, Rowdy? Will Fuller has five receiving touchdowns this season. All other Packer wide receivers not named Devontae Adams have four. Will Fuller himself has five receiving touchdowns. All other Packers wide receivers not named Devontae Adams have one, two, three, four touchdowns. Not a piece. Combined. Well, if you read between the lines on Will Fuller and his Twitter account, it sounds like he was ready to get traded, too. He was just waiting. Yeah, Will Fuller tweeted out, um, it was a gif of a little rascal. I forget my little rascal names. Of the little rascal sitting there just impatiently waiting for something to happen. I do believe that was probably directed at Brian Gutekunst in the front office of the Green Bay Packers. They didn't see it. I don't think Brian Gutekunst has Twitter. Rowdy, they did nothing. They did absolutely freaking nothing. And then you get these tweets like, uh, you know, they were trying. They were in the conversation. They they tried to, you know, work it out for Will Fuller. Do you buy that at all? Do you, do, do you think? No, my, my theory was yesterday that Brian Gutekunst likes to pick up the phone to say that he was involved in the conversation. And then he crosses his fingers, hoping that the person on the other end of that phone doesn't pick up so we can leave a voicemail. Like, yeah, uh, hey, this is uh, Brian Gutekunst, Packers GM. Yeah, I was just wondering uh, uh, if you guys would take, like, I don't know, a six-round pick for Will Fuller. Okay, thanks. And then they come back, the Texans reportedly asking for a second-round pick in return for Will Fuller, who has $5.37 million remaining on his 2020 salary, the final year of his rookie contract. What do you think? Did you think I'd would- love to get Brian Gutekunst in a room, a room alone and ask him, do you really think this roster can win a Super Bowl? as is, do you think it can actually win a Super Bowl? Because I think he'd give you a much different answer behind, than, what he, but than what he would give a, you up at the podium. Behind closed doors? 100%. Like, hey, wh- hey what, what do you really think? Yeah. Well, this, yeah, I, I would love to do that as well. His answer would be 100% different than what he would say up at the podium. So, <laughs> yet they still did nothing to make the team better. They did nothing. Uh, this is, comes from uh, Deanna Rossini of She's an NFL reporter and host for ESPN. She tweeted this out yesterday. I'm told the Green Bay Packers have discussed trading for Texans receiver Will Fuller. Will Fuller, excuse me. However, there's been a disagreement in Green Bay at the highest levels of the organization over whether or not adding an elite receiver in the short term would be worth the spend. Again, there is a disagreement in Green Bay's highest levels of the organization over whether or not adding an elite receiver in the short term would be worth the spend. (sighs) 
wouldn't it be worth the spend to get Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, wouldn't it be worth the spend to get him another receiver to help him get a Super Bowl and the Packers to get a Super Bowl? Isn't isn't the reason why the Packers go out on the field week in and week out, year after year, is to win the Super Bowl? Isn't that what the goal is every year, Nelson? I think for most Packer fans, and I think for uh, players like Aaron Rodgers that have been there for a long time. What is the goal, then, of Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst? Is Mark Murphy, I mean, his goal, yes. Your ultimate goal is to field a championship team. I know Mark Murphy's goal is to have money continue to come into Green Bay, to Titletown. That's how you exist. Money rules everything. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. I don't think Mark Murphy has ever said that. But, okay, here's a question. Reese Draft on Twitch says, do you actually believe Will Fuller would change anything? Yes. I I do think a, a quality caliber wide receiver like that would because it would help you score points. Well, and let me ask let me ask this then. Do you think Will Fuller is better than Malik Taylor? Yes. That's the Packers second option. Do you think Will Fuller is better than Equiminius St. Brown? Yes. Do you think Will Fuller is better than Marquez Valdez Scantling? Yes. Do you think Will Fuller is better than Darius Shepard? Yes. So do I think Will Fuller would change something for the Packers? Would he yes, instantly be I the do. second best target on the team behind Devontae Adams? Yes. And it's not about, well, obviously they could have went out and brought in a defensive line or a linebacker or someone like that. But when the receiver was out there, it would at least help you score points to win shootouts because I don't even know if adding one player would actually help your defense get that much better. Well, Reese Draft also says this. Is Will Fuller going to stop the run? No, he's not. But you know what the Packers were doing to help stop the run before the trade deadline was over? Nothing. So we're going to go with what the Packers tried to do, and that was get Aaron Rodgers a weapon. The Packers did not try to do anything to help stop the run. They were trying to get Aaron Rodgers a weapon. So we're going with what the Packers were trying to do. Well, and they really didn't do either. And they didn't do that either. They're going to keep a second rounder for next year. We just read through the second rounders that the Packers have always had. I mean, we can just throw Ted Thompson out of it because he's no longer the GM. Let's just go, let's just go right here with uh, Brian Gutekunst and his second round picks. Josh Jackson. Yeah, he's really only played this year. We both like Elton Jenkins. But, you know, there's that. And then you have A.J. Dillon, who now is, by no fault of his own, going to miss Thursday and therefore having Jamal Williams and Kamal Martin miss. Yeah, and he really, obviously being the third string running back, was slated behind Aaron Jones, was slated behind Jamal Williams, and hadn't hadn't got many touches or done a whole lot so far this season. Here's what I don't understand about this sometimes. It's like, do you, Will Fuller, what, what would he actually have done for the Packers? He's better than every other wide receiver on the Green Bay Packers not named Devontae Adams. The Packers have never done anything before the trade deadline. What has it gotten them, Rowdy, by doing nothing? What, in the last, throw 2010 out, throw 2010 out of there, it was 10 years ago. What, what has the Packers doing nothing in the trade deadline done for the Green Bay Packers? Nothing. So why don't they try something? I'm not asking you specifically. I'm just throwing it out there. The Packers couldn't come to an agreement once again. And then you have the news before it was like, oh, Brian Gutekunst picked up the phone 
he was uh, in the conversation for Antonio Brown. Okay, well, he's, how many conversations are Brian Gutekunst going to have, Rowdy? Until we're like, dude, when are you going to actually do something? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Am I taking crazy pills? Are we taking crazy pills? Well, I think we've known from the start, and this kind of just makes it official by them not doing anything to improve this team. They didn't do anything. Is they're not trying to help Aaron Rodgers win another Super Bowl. Like They're fine with building a team for five years from now. That's the one thing. Even that's though the they thing. have the Hall of Fame quarterback now. Like, we got we got people on Twitch right now, like, saying Will Fuller wouldn't have done anything. Okay, m- maybe that's the case. But they didn't try to stop the run. They didn't try to bring anyone to stop the run. They didn't try anything to make the team better in any aspect. Just throw Will Fuller out of the equation and go again of just saying, hey, what did the Packers do in the trade deadline? What did they do in the trade deadline, Rowdy? Nothing. How has that helped the team now to win a Super Bowl? Doesn't at all. So what do we do? This is a bigger problem than just not working a deal out with Will Fuller and the Texans. Am I, am I wrong in saying that? That we're going with the information that was given to us. The Packers tried to get Will Fuller but couldn't come to an agreement. And then they're like, oh, well, we tried. Yeah, and that's it. The easy answer is adding anyone would potentially help the team. All right, let me, let me add Reese on uh, Owen on, on Twitch here. Are you glad that the Packers didn't do anything? Would you have rather the Packers do nothing or get Will Fuller? I know you said stop the run. I'm a big believer in trying to stop the run, too, because the Packers' defense is the bigger problem than the weapons for Aaron Rodgers. But are you more upset that they tried that they didn't do anything or that they tried to get Will Fuller? Like, what, what, are, we, what are we mad about right now? I'm mad at the bigger picture of not doing a single thing to make the team get better. That's, that's the issue. They didn't do one single thing. To make the team get better. Well, we talked about it yesterday when we said when Heilprin, sports director Zach Heilprin was in there, and he said, "Well, what would you rather have him do? Add to the defensive line or linebacker or add a receiver?" And obviously, we all answered with what position we thought was more important or mm-hmm. that would help the Packers win now. But I think we all came to the agreement that adding anything would help the Packers. Doing nothing would just kind of show that you're content with. Not really being a legit Super Bowl contender, but just like just like being in the conversation. And what about when people say like, okay, well, all right, Owen, here we go. Owen's oh, here you go, Owen. Thank you. He said, I'd rather have Will Fuller than the Packers do nothing. But for but not for a second round pick for a ten game rental. Okay, but let's say Will Fuller I think we can we all agree that Will Fuller is better than the likes of Malik Taylor, Equiminia St. Brown, um, Darius Shepard and Mark Wesvel this game. Like, can we all, can we agree? Can you and I agree on that, Rowdy? I think we can both agree on that, right? Yeah, it's not close. That right there would be worth ten games rental for me, because if it gets you a Super Bowl, it's worth it. Now, is winning the Super Bowl hard to do? Yes, only one team wins it. But wouldn't you say at least trying something for hell a minimum ten games to hoist the Lombardi Trophy would be worth it? Isn't that what the end goal is? Isn't that the end game? Well, I think a lot of P- Packer fans would trade giving up a little bit more to get someone that's a better player like a Will Fuller that 100% upgrades your wide receiving core Yeah, just for one more Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers because they've been so starved for that second Super Bowl with their star quarterbacks. Now, and then what does this say about the, the wide receiver room? Brian Gutekunst obviously in the conversation for a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Didn't do anything, but you look at the receivers around Rodgers right now and how they didn't draft any wide. 
okay, let's go back to the draft. They didn't want to give up a second-round draft pick. What did the Packers do with their second-round draft pick? What did they do with their first-round draft pick? They drafted the quarterback in that who might be starting in three years. A backup, backup running back in A.J. Dillon. That's their second-round pick. Josiah DeGuara is out. Oh, yeah, Alan Lazard's going to be coming back. Is, is Will Fuller better than Alan Lazard? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Looking at our Twitter poll right now. Who is the best GM in Wisconsin? Is it Brian Gutekunst for the Packers? Is it David Stearns for the Brewers? Is it John Horst for the Bucks? Right now, leading the way would be David Stearns for the Brewers. Then second place, John Horst. In last place, Brian Gutekunst. I have a tweet here from our guy, J8 Krebs. What's up, Jordan? Good morning, brother. He says, write in as Barry Alvarez as best GM in Wisconsin. I almost considered it, but since he's not, you know, I didn't, but... I mean, Barry Alvarez, could you make the case? Like, hey, right in for Alvarez. He's got his thumbprints all over the Wisconsin Badgers. I know he's not a GM, but... He's in charge of the whole athletic department, so let's take a look at the whole athletic department. (laughs) And most of the people who are still employed were hired by Pat Richter. Pat Richter, the face who built the place. I love Pat Richter. I hope Barry Barry Richter is listening as well. Shout out to the Richters. Love you guys. Yeah, Got to get Barry on again, and hopefully he can convince his dad, Pat, to jump on again. Trying to get um, Barry Richter and our guy Mark Strobel, Isn't associate head coach of the Badgers hockey, hockey team. hockey started like in 10 days? Yeah. They're supposed I, to have their first game? We're going to get him on. Um, Barry Alvarez made comments about Wisconsin hockey and Wisconsin basketball and said there was they're doing great with the COVID. There's no COVID going on, I guess. With those two uh, teams. It's just kind of the football team. So go get your vote on right now when it comes to who is you know the best GM in Wisconsin. Have you guys voted yet? I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm not voting for Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, I already voted. Who'd you vote for, Rowdy? You know, I voted for David Stearns. Did you? I did. Terrible year. I'm throwing out 2020 because, like I said, they should burn that wild card flag. <laughs> should never be hung. The only flag Rowdy would ever burn. And overall, David Stearns Stearns has been solid. This last year was terrible. I'm throwing 2020 out. This whole year has been... With what David Stearns is given as the smallest market in Major League Baseball, the fact that they're... Well, the Brewers just made the playoffs for what? The first time ever three years in a row? That's pretty incredible, you know? Especially for the Milwaukee Brewers. Brian Gutekunst, I'm sorry, brother, but looking at what you've been doing the past couple years... I know the Packers were one game away from the Super Bowl last year, and um, they're looking decent this year, looking like they are going to be they are going to be a playoff team. But w- your draft and your lack of action in the trade deadline that just happened maybe it's because I'm 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 a little butthurt over it right now, and it's just the wo- the wound is fresh. That's why I don't want to uh, you know give Goody any love right now. I think I'm going to vote Stearns too because John Horst. <sighs> There's two things why I cannot vote Horst. One, he did not draft. Well, actually, I guess there's three. One, he did not draft Giannis. <laughs> he did not draft Giannis. Nope, that was Hammond. He was already there. Two, he signed Chris Middleton to an extension of what? Roughly $180 million? Yep. And three, Eric Bledsoe's still on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> RJ? Uh, oh. Well, okay. Um, no, never mind. RJ? Oh, I, I voted for Stearns as well. I was trying to think of Stern's bad moves. That is not in 2020. Jonathan Scope, but up. Yeah. And he came out and said, yeah. yeah I and he admitted to it. I'm sorry. See, well, I like you don't that. usually get a GM. I like that. <laughs> yeah. The fact that Horst, or Horst, the fact that Stearns came out and said, I screwed up on Jonathan Scope for the Milwaukee Brewers. That was a breath of fresh air. Brian Gutekunst will never tell you a single word about what happened of why they didn't do anything in the trade deadline. 
You'll never get. You'll never hear anything about it. Well, I think if we did, he'd flat out say, "Not my fault." Talk to Ball and Murphy. So we have uh, on Twitch here. Search my name, Ebo says. Hit that follow button. You can interact, watch us. We look very handsome today, per usual. On Twitch, True Advisor says, "RJ, you hit the nail on the head." Board of director, butt hurt Russ Ball. Small town preservation mindset. And then he called him little little bitter crybaby ball. He, <laughs> I, he honestly, likes taking the he he I think he's obsessed with counting those beans. Yeah, I think he's and having as many beans as he can. Try to be like, look, this guy can't run the team. Should have picked me. <sighs> I think who's last in this poll right now? I mean, I know I from the results, yes, it's Brian, Brian Gutekunst right now, but in your guys' humble opinion. Does it go best GM, Stearns, second best horse, worst, Brian Gutekunst? Look at the success the Packers have had, though. Yeah, but it's not because of Gutekunst. I mean, look at his drafts. Who's <laughs> who's actually participating at a high level from his drafts? Uh, Jair? Jair Alexander. And Runyon. I oh, and J.K. Even, Scott's I mean, got a nice leg on him. Okay. I wouldn't even right. say Runyon's... Runyon filled in okay. Yeah, and he hasn't been starting 100% yeah. of the time. Well, um, what would you say about Elton Jenkins? He's been good. Those those are his best two, Elton Jenkins and Jair Alexander. Yeah. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to find something else here. Um like okay, he's had, okay, he's no, had good some late round. Go. Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith for him bringing him in. Yeah, but he's had some late round picks that aren't too bad. But here's the thing: he's not nailing his top picks yeah. where you have to nail them. Yeah, to come in and compete for a legit job. Like Ty Summer, Tom, Ty Summers is a nice pick in the seventh round mm-hmm. for a special teamer and a backup. Yeah, but when Ty Summers is forced into duty as a starter, duty that's not what you want to see. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt of some of these picks here, but I just can't. He's missed on a lot of high draft I just picks. can't. He did bring in the Smith brothers. Yeah. That was a nice little addition. His free agency hasn't been uh, bad. Amos. It's the draft. And, yeah. 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 And I think you can say that you're happy with anything he does in free agency because it's more than the last GM. That's true. Uh, that that. RJ, that is true, right? Because that last GM, I mean, the last GM might have to say something like, Well, that's just rude. But it's the truth, Ted. <laughs> when Ted saw the trade deadline coming up. I don't know how this came to be, but it was an e-yikes kind of thing. When Ted Thompson saw free agency going on. And I don't get inspired that much. Not that I'm an old crusty guy. but Hey, Ted. <laughs> Making the team better. Uh, Yeah. I don't know how to answer that. Well, you know who comes from that Ted Thompson tree, don't you? Mr. Gutekunst himself. Brian Gutekunst. Rowdy, I texted you last night after, well, this is what, about 3.15, once the trade deadline concluded. And I said, I don't know about that UW lacrosse anymore. I've heard a lot of people calling it the Harvard of the Midwest. You included, because you are, that is your alma mater. That is also Brian Gutekunst's alma mater. Are you? I'm going to give you about a minute here. Do you want to defend the honor of UW Lacrosse really quick? Well, I've said this multiple times. I I think he was actually the first student that they had trial runs on online classes. 
back with the old dial-up. Yeah, it was uh, it was the the internet or in his infancy. It correspondence classes. It was via mail. I think they were they were just starting to um, get rid of Morse code, and they just started bringing in correspondence. Maybe is what it was. <laughs> so he was a he was a failed trial run for online classes for Gudakuns. Yep, even in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Because it, when you were there, Nelson, I, like it wasn't no cakewalk, was it? No, Wisconsin Lacrosse is one of the better schools in the state. Well, it's coming into question now with Brian Gutekunst because I just, man, maybe it's not Goody's fault because there was a, a a struggle at top allegedly. That report came out from uh, who was that lady RJ from? I got it right here. It was the lady from ESPN. Her name was Deanna Rossini. I'm told the Green Bay Packers have discussed trading for Texans receiver Will Fuller. However, there's been a disagreement in Green Bay at the highest levels of the organization over whether or not adding an elite receiver in the short term would be worth the spend. Now, I don't, I'm not saying Will Fuller is elite. I think he's got elite deep threat, maybe you would say. But the Packers should have tried something. Because this here's this stat right here. I read it at 6 o'clock. I'm going to read it again. Will Fuller has five receiving touchdowns this year. Will Fuller, again, has five receiving touchdowns this year. All other Packers wide receivers not named Devontae Adams have four. Not each combined. Four. The Packers are like, yeah, ah, Will, you're, ah, just stay in Texas. Nah, we're not going to bother. We're, we're fine how we are. What does that tell you about Brian Gutekunst and what he thinks about his wide receiver group, though? If he's trying to do something, what does that what does that tell you about Brian Gutekunst? Do you think he's got remorse now of not drafting a wide receiver in the deepest draft class ever in 2020? Says he doesn't. Yeah, says he doesn't. Do you believe him? No, but his work his work speaks for himself. Yeah. I mean, he didn't draft a receiver. He didn't go out and get a receiver. Obviously, he didn't want one too bad. Yeah. Are the Packers trying to chase out Aaron Rodgers like? I don't get it. We'll come right back. I feel like they're trying to like tank so hard they can move the franchise. RJ, it's not Friday. <laughs> it's not Friday. We don't have time for those conspiracy <laughs> theories yet. When it comes to GMs, we talked about David Stearns. We talked about Brian Gutekunst. We didn't really talk about much John Horse. I know the Milwaukee Bucks aren't really the, the biggest um, thing that uh, trips our trigger around here. When it comes to ranking teams, uh, it will go Packers, Badgers, maybe interchangeable for some people, Brewers, and then Bucks. But right now, John Horst, GM for the Bucks, is leading at 36.8% or uh, second place, 36.8% of the vote. Is John Horst better than Brian Gutekunst, who Brian Gutekunst now is last in the Twitter poll? I mean, it's tough. It's tough for me to put Horst above Gutekunst. I think it's very close, <laughs> just because <laughs> Gutekunst has really transformed that roster quite a bit from where it was what in 2017 yeah they've had a lot of turnover on that roster and the team has gotten better they have gotten a lot better now he hasn't made every single move and he hasn't hit every single big draft pick that he's had no but I look at what Horst has done and I kind of go outside of a couple things it's like anyone could have done that okay John Horst you know (sighs) He didn't get Giannis Adenokounmpo. That was John Hammonds. John Hammond got Giannis. John Horst, though, has pulled some strings to make that bench mob for the Milwaukee Bucks a lot better. They're deeper. But then you throw in the Eric Bledsoe. At the time, was a great move. But now he just folds up like a lawn chair in the playoffs. 
and the the Bucks what got one game away from you know the the finals. Then you have a parallel of Brian Gutekunst and hit thumb, thumbprints over a team getting. Well, okay. Here's my question: John Horst obviously was brought in pieces that got the Bucks to a game away from the finals, to the Eastern Conference Finals. They they lost. Obviously yeah, but having Giannis at such a high level is also going to put you right in that same true area. But he also brought in other pieces that helped, like the depth in that bench. Brian Gutekunst. What did Brian Gutekunst do to have the Packers in a position to be thirteen and three? one game away from the Super Bowl because the Packers one game away from the Super Bowl. Then you have the Bucks one game away from the finals. John Horst obviously got the bench better for the Bucks. What did Brian Gutekunst do that you could be like, here's a reason why Brian Gutekunst could be better than uh, John Horst when it comes to being one game away from the Super Bowl? Did he do anything? Brought in the Smith, I mean, bro- he brought, he brought, the Smith brought in brothers. the Smith brothers and he brought in Jair Alexander, drafted Jair Alexander. And he's patched up the line pretty well this year. But then you look at all the other draft picks and then throw in trade deadlines, which just happened, and you're like, what the F, dude? <laughs> but, it, I mean, it, it's also a lot easier to turn over a basketball roster when it's 15 guys. True. And a lot of mm-hmm. your bottom five guys which are on, who are on the bench are guys that you can easily interchange for cheap. It's mm-hmm. a bench spot, man. It's, it's, a lot, it's a lot more difficult to transform a football roster when you only got 53 guys. Right. And to really do a good transformation, you need to spend the money and usually hit your cap room and hope you get one Super Bowl in a time frame and then be kind of screwed. And normally it would take to completely transform a roster, getting all the money right and everything Mm -hmm. like that. It takes four to five years. So Gutekunst is still kind of has time in the NBA. They have these weird salary rules where it's like, oh, yeah, Chris Middleton was our guy. We have bird rights on this guy or we can go above the cap to sign Giannis here. You can dip into the luxury tax. It's a lot easier. It's it's a lot more flexible and the rosters are smaller. It's like a salary cap that is like, oh, if you go over it, you just owe a little bit. Like if if Eric Bledsoe was in the NFL with the same type of contract, he would be cut and they would eat some of just the money. Right. And be like, on to the next guy. They'd pay him out and be like, yeah, we're done with you. Who is the best GM in Wisconsin right now? And this stems from Brian Gutekunst doing absolutely nothing yesterday for the trade deadline. So your choices are, you mentioned Brian Gutekunst for the Packers. You have the Brewers GM, David Stearns. Or you have the Milwaukee Bucks, John Horst. Right now, over 500 votes in. And all counted correctly. David Stearns leading the way for the Brewers at 46.9%. And then you have John Horst in second at 37.8%. Then Brian Gutekunst last, 15.4% for best GM in Wisconsin. Rowdy, is Goody really the third best, or I guess you'd say the last GM uh, good at his job in Wisconsin? Third best? I think I'd give him the edge on Horst. Just because it's a lot more difficult to turn over a huge NFL roster, especially using a hard cap, not a soft cap. I think just that itself, both teams are not championship level, but solid teams, especially in the regular season. And then you question if they can win it all in in the playoffs. And both seem to have went decently far the last couple of years. And mm-hmm. like the Packers look to be a contender that will make the playoffs and make it at least, you would think, to the divisional series. 
So I would give him the leg up just on that. But yeah, none of these none of these GMs are having their best years. Yeah, no. All right, so David Stern's leading the way in the poll right now, Brewers GM, and uh, I think we all have to say that when it comes to David Stern's and Rowdy, you know, alluded to it, smallest market in baseball. He's not given a lot to work with. In fact, they're cutting payroll again, and he still finds a way to get uh, the Brewers into the playoffs. Now this year's a little different, obviously expanded playoffs. Only 60 games, and the Brewers made history along with the Houston Astros of being the first two teams ever with a losing record below 500 to make it in to the playoffs. But then Rowdy, okay, David Stearns is leading the way. So last night while the election uh, was unfolding, still is unfolding, Major League Baseball decided to have their Gold Glove Awards, their, their, their award show basically. Trent Grisham. Remember him for the Milwaukee Brewers, Trent Grisham? Old friend. Old friend of the team, Trent Grisham. Also, there's a guy named Trent Clark who played for the Brewers, too. That's the same guy. Changed his name to Grisham. He won. Out of center field, out of the NL, your Rawlings Gold Glove Award winner goes to Trent Grisham. Trent Grisham would have had himself a nice little season with the Brewers if he kept the same numbers he did with the Padres, correct? Yeah, he would have been one of the best statistical brewers this year, both on defense and on offense. So when we look at that, Trent Grisham, and then you look at all the names that David Stearns brought in this year for your Milwaukee Brewers, uh, what did they just, uh, they just decided to, you know, cut ways with what, Jed Jericho, uh, Ryan Healy, uh, who else was there? Uh, Ryan Braun's no longer, well, that's a good move. They didn't want to pay him $50 million. When you look at all the additions that, David Stearns brought in this year, and I know it was a different year because of COVID-19, but you look at all the additions that Stearns brought in. What, what, what do you think of the job Stearns did this year that just unfolded? Should he be number one right now in the best GM? <laughs> well, we've already mentioned that no one's having a career year here as a GM. Yeah. But this is definitely, since the, since the Milwaukee Brewers brought on David Stearns, I think everyone can agree that this was David Stern's worst performance as a GM. Yeah, hands down. Pretty much every single player they brought in did not live up to the hype, except for maybe Jed Jerko. Okay, uh, let's see. Our guy Becker says, given the limitations that he has, it's Stern's and it's not even close. Our guy Sam says, it's flashy to hate on Gutekunst, but the Packers are consistently very, very good. Other teams with great quarterbacks, except for New England when they had Brady, don't come close to Green Bay's consistency levels. And then there's a retort saying, great, the Packers have a bunch of NFC North banners and a playoff disappointments to show for it. Last year's draft was horrible for a team so for a team so close to a Super Bowl. Does that does that banner even mean anything to you? No. I look at it and I get like angry. Like when I they- would rather look at obviously the Super, uh, Super Bowl banner. When they put up like the Brewers 2020. Oh my God! Yeah, the Brewers just put up the 2020 banner and a wild card banner. Does that? Do you even care? No, it kind of makes me sick. Look at, look at what it meant to the the organization and the fans of the Milwaukee Brewers when they made it in 2008. You can hang that banner proudly. Yeah, that's a good. You had a winning record. You had memorable moments where you had Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder, just killing it, coming up with clutch hits. You obviously had CC Sabathia. Yeah. CC Sabathia literally pitched every three games. Put the team, put on, the his team back. on his back. Nearly Dude. had a no hitter. 
you couldn't. It was like a storybook finish. Yep. Going into the playoffs, they finally made the playoffs for the first time since the '80s. So you look at that banner and you're like, "That's a nice. That's a nice banner. That's a good banner." They they were a good team. They had people like friend of the show Seth McClung that stepped up in big time situations when they needed it. Yeah. Unsung heroes. Then they had the true heroes, like we already mentioned, CeCe, Braun, Prince. That was a team. This year's team flubbed into the playoffs, 29-31. and 31. They didn't do anything really particularly well, nope. especially on the offensive side. And I think the whole season, instead of saying, man, is are they going to do it? Is CeCe going to pitch again tomorrow night? Do you think he's going to take the ball on another three days rest and they're going to get into the playoffs? It was I can't wait for the season to be over. Yeah, I just felt like you're going through the motions. Like it was like, oh my God, put me out of my misery. What they should do in 2021, euthanize me when they when they open up American Family Field. Where's Doctor for Death? the first game of the season? No, when they have fans in the stands at in center field, what they should do is burn that wild card banner. <laughs> ah. Never again will we ever be this bad. I. Rowdy, want to make a statement here. I think we should impose a rule that from here on out, we only call it Miller Park. Can we do that? Or do we sound like curmudgeons then? I'll call it Miller. I mean, you still have the old Miller Park. You still have the old timers call in here from time to time and go, yeah, I was at County Stadium last week. And I give them a pass. I give them a pass. Miller Park or County Stadium, welcome here. American Family Field? If you win the World Series, I'll call it that. All right, looking to hear uh, more comments here on our Twitter poll. Who is the best GM in Wisconsin right now? Let's see. Spencer says, it's Stearns, and soon he'll move to a team with pockets to let him keep the roster he wants. Yeah, I uh, I don't foresee Stearns sticking around with the Milwaukee Brewers for his whole career, do you? I hope so, but he's extremely young. I, I don't see Stern sticking around for his entire life with the Milwaukee Brewers organization. He's extremely young, and if he can somehow continue <laughs> to piece together these teams that are playoff teams. Well, what, what, with what he's given, though, he does a damn good job outside of this year. But we just throw – it's 2020. We throw 2020 out. Yeah, but if he keeps making the Brewers competitive, and when I mean competitive, I mean actually competitive, not the farce that was this season <laughs> – and obviously these teams are seeing that he has a limited budget to do it. Yeah. He's not very old. No, he's not. Was he mid-30s, it, isn't he? He could be doing this job for another 20, 25 years. He David could, Stearns he would, is he 35. Easily, he's 35. Yeah, he could easily take a, a high-paying job with someone like the Red Sox or someone that's willing to offer a lot more money. Did you just watch Moneyball? Because no, but I mean that's because team that's, that's what happens at the end of that. Well, spoiler: Billy Bean g- takes the the meeting with the Red Sox. <laughs> he did, but he turned it down. But he turned it down. I I, I would hey, not news, foresee Stearns new, turning it down. Newsflash: All Moneyball players out there and fans, they still haven't won a World Series. <laughs> but they guess, haven't. But guess who has won a World Series since then? The Red Sox. Red Sox have won multiple. Because <laughs> money talks and BS walks. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, man. All right, 608-321-1670, Twitter, Zone Madison. Catch us on Twitch as well. Uh, search my name, Ebo says. Hit that follow button. Rowdy, I uh, I don't know. Stearns, I, I voted for Stearns. Brian Gutekunst pissed me off yesterday. I think everyone voted for Stearns, but it was like the you're looking at it, and you're like, I don't know who to vote for. It's a, it was tough. They, it's it's a, it's an interesting, tough question. 
Oh, real quick. All clear on the Packers COVID-19 test from Tuesday. They're on track to travel for tomorrow's game against the Niners. So there you go. Still don't understand why Jamal Williams and uh, Kamal Martin have to sit out. Yeah, they were close contacts. But if they're testing negative, we already see the NFL doesn't care if you're positive. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that either. Let's see. What would happen if the Packers suited him up? A fine? Would they have to forfeit the game? They would make national news. Uh, A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams and Kamal Martin are out because of COVID-19 protocols, but no further positive tests among players since Dillon's on Sunday. Yeah, if Kamal Martin and Jamal Williams aren't positive. Again, baseball, it was two negatives in two days. I'll never understand 2020. Nick Saban got to take, what was it, two or three negatives in two or three days and yeah. come back and coach. Nope. We, you can't do that in the NFL, but it's all right to have it while playing. I'll never understand 2020. Bad news. There is no game on Saturday for your Wisconsin Badgers. Very sad. Canceled. And now Wisconsin has one cancellation away from being out of the Big Ten title game. If Wisconsin has one more game not played for them, because there's no bye weeks, the Big Ten set it up that way, Wisconsin will not be eligible to play in the Big Ten title game. So let's say Wisconsin and their COVID-19 outbreak, all of a sudden, you know, it's you know they waited a couple of weeks, they shut down the facilities, obviously, and they're clear, good to go. And they're about to head to Ann Arbor, Michigan, to take on Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. Graham Mertz is back under center, ready to just unleash that cannon, the Kansas cannon that hangs off his body. And then all of a sudden, Michigan says, whoa, 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 hold up. We have ourselves a COVID-19 outbreak. We can't play the game. Well, guess what happens to the Wisconsin Badgers? It's no contest. It's no contest. Their third game would be, be a third no contest game, and they would no longer be eligible to go to the Big Ten title game and probably play against Ohio State and win or lose, who knows, but they would not be eligible according to the new rules from the Big and Ten. And that's just a shame, just because if you look around the Big Ten, you look at the teams that they have would have played last weekend and now this weekend, Nebraska and Purdue, you just uh, look around and you evaluate those two different teams and you see how they've played the, these other games so far in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I think you could chalk it up and say Wisconsin walks through both of them pretty easily. No doubt. Wisconsin, and that's that's Graham Mertz doesn't even have to be near as good as he was against yeah. Illinois to still beat both. Those no, it's teams. only it's the the sample size is small. It's only one game, but watching that one game and then watching the rest of college football and Big Ten and looking at the rankings right now and the records, Wisconsin is clear cut the second best team in the Big Ten. Yes, and like this week's game would have been Purdue. Now they have a common opponent. It's Illinois. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin lit Illinois up forty five to seven. Probably could have scored again. But they, them. but they decided to kick the field goal instead of, you know, actually trot, trot the number ones out there. Should have let Graham Mertz get the record. Uh, then you look at Purdue. They played Illinois, was it two weekends ago? Or last weekend, sorry. Mm-hmm. They beat Illinois by one touchdown, and they won the turnover battle by two. Yeah, it was an ugly game, wasn't it? It wasn't a great game from Illinois. Purdue just kind of outlasted them. And I, we don't even need to see Graham Mertz at his very best. Even if last night or the game against Illinois on Friday night was his best, mm-hmm. they would still beat Purdue. They would still beat Nebraska. They would be going into Michigan 3-0. Yeah, but now it's everything's in question now, right? Because 
even if it's no fault of Wisconsin's own moving forward and another team on their schedule cancels, they're done. You know what's going to happen, right? It's, it's, yeah, they're getting some, it's 2020. Something bad's going to happen. They'll beat Michigan. Graham Mertz will like throw five touchdowns again. They'll beat Michigan. They'll, they'll, be they'll go on tents. the road to Northwestern and get a huge win. And then they'll be looking for the Gophers to come home. Oh, my God. And it'll God. be P.J. Fleck and the Gophers who somehow have a huge COVID outbreak, and it'll be the Gophers that bring them down. And it'll be, and since the Gophers right now are 0-2, they're atrocious. They lost to Maryland, folks. The Minnesota Golden Gophers lost to Maryland last Friday. Hilarious. I'm putting money on it. If there's a team that brings down Wisconsin it'll where be they, they don't finish, it'll be Minnesota. Oh, my it'll God. It'll be P.J. Fleck. Oh, my. That, would be, that Nelson, is perfect for 2020. Just the most bull, bull crap forced down our throats ever because of Minnesota and P.J. Fleck. Everything else will be flawless the rest of the year, and it'll, get, it'll be that Minnesota game. And I guarantee you P.J. Fleck will make a ring for it to say, hey, we beat Wisconsin. Look at my new shiny ring. All right, 608 321 Twitter is at Zone Madison. Comments from Barry Alvarez now. So we're talking about the Badgers not going to be eligible for the Big Ten title game if there's one more cancellation on their schedule. Here is the Don, Barry Alvarez, uh, talking about the Big Ten title game, if they're eligible. I'm concerned with the health and safety of the guys. I, 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 there's no one wants to be on that field any more than I do, but I'm not going to lose, lose track of, of priorities which is we don't leave ourselves much wiggle room right now. And and we know that, but uh, hopefully we can get this corralled and we can get back in, back on the field and playing. So, I mean, obviously your number one priority is looking out for the health and safety of your student athletes. That's, I think we all know that, right? So here is more from Alvarez. Uh, let's see here. They would have been confident football wise. Here you go. We, we felt confident if, if we had to play this week, the guys that would have to sit out, we had enough depth to go ahead and, and, and execute a game. But here's more comments on not being able to get COVID 19 under control. We started with a few positives earlier in the week. I felt very confident if we continued that we're getting things under control. But in the last three days, we had, if I count them right, 11 positives in the program. It just didn't feel as though we had our arms around it and had things controlled as I thought we needed. And, and you know, again, keeping your priorities in order, the health and, and safety of our student athletes and staff is, is top priority. Rowdy, would you say that the NFL's handle, handled COVID-19 pretty well? <sighs> After this A.J. Dillon stuff, it makes me scratch my head about everything. I Honestly, I, I don't know. Sure, no one's died. No one's died. They've, they've never, they haven't canceled any games. They've just readjusted, right? Well, the thing with A.J. Dillon really just makes me scratch my head. How you can have players out there playing with pending cases? Mm-hmm. Even if they were taken that day or the day before, wouldn't you want to have it known what you're at? Yeah. And then Well, they don't do the daily they do the PCR test, the one that takes a couple yeah, of days. But at the same time They don't do the daily rapid one like the Big Ten does. It's now after wasn't it Cam Newton that really set the spark off in NFL? Yeah. Where they're like, Oh, Cam Newton. Oh, he's got it. What are we gonna do? We, we gotta cancel the game, we gotta cancel everything. When yeah. it was like just basically him, him on the Patriots at that time. Yes. Now it turned into you know, we continue to play we move on we have we have a few weeks now we have a player playing who was positive and he was still playing and they're just like well the test was pending this is what i don't get matter so jamal williams and uh, kamal martin for the packers also will not be playing thursday against the niners because they were in uh high it was a what do they call it high contact 
high risk, whatever the hell it was. Um, high risk, close contact. That's what they called it for Kamal Martin and Jamal Williams. A.J. Dillon was on the field with COVID-19. Wouldn't you say Aaron Rodgers was high risk, close contact? Obviously, I want Rodgers to play. It just doesn't make sense to me. He handed him the ball. It just doesn't make sense to me at all how, what was that, the third week, fourth week of the season, everyone's freaking out that one player, Cam Newton, had it Mm -hmm. and that they need to shut not only that game down, but there were some people that were advocating for shutting down the whole league. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, I feel like people are just blinking an eye like it's nothing that A.J. Dillon played with the virus and tested positive with the virus, and now they're talking about, well, you know, there really isn't any on-field data that's telling us that it's being passed through on-field play. Yeah. Well, then why even test them? Let them play with it then. That's crazy. All right, let's go to the phone. Quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Z and the D. Zach and the Dells. What's up, brother? What up? Just yeah, chilling, right. chilling, guys, chilling. Just chilling, chilling. Um, you guys are hitting all the notes on the point. I mean, since the Packers had their buy week early, and seeing that the NFL won't probably push their games back or anything because they don't want to do that. Being that the Patriots had their bye week later and then it got the freedom of moving it forward, same thing with the Titans and all those teams. So those teams are probably restricted now, teams that haven't had their bye week. So, like, let's look at it. Uh, I think Tampa Bay has their bye week, week 12 or 13. Let's say Tom Brady gets in week 10. I guarantee it the NFL will push back. The They will give Tampa Bay their bye week in week 10 and reevaluate the schedule just because it's Tom Brady. Now, being that it was just Jamal Williams, uh, A.J. Dillon, and Kamal Martin on the Packers, they're like, nah, this isn't this isn't that big for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, if it's a bigger name, obviously they're going to do more damage control. If it's names like who we got on the Packers, they're like, oh, you guys can figure it out. Yeah, but uh, I do want to say this uh, a week out in advance. Um, I know he calls in drunk all the time, but I do want to say thank you, Charlie, for your services, just in case I don't hear it. Uh, I believe that's next week sometime. Yeah, Charlie in the so, Navy on the USS Ranger. Yep. You know, all the stories he tells, the drunk, crazy stories, but <laughs> he also tells those stories of him actually doing his service. He so survived He survived two typhoons. Yeah, two typhoons in a Star Trek episode. So <laughs> I, I want to say thank you, Charlie, for your service. Keep up the calling. Maybe every now and then just have a water. <laughs> Zach couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks, man. Later. Take care, buddy. Z in the D. There he is. All right, here's more from... Um, well, that... I just I just stuck on how we can go from shutting everything down literally a month ago to being like, oh, it's fine. He played with a positive test. It was inconclusive at the time. It really doesn't transfer on the field. That was like the whole thing with the with the voting in the election. We need mail in voting. People are going to have COVID. We don't want people going out and spreading it. Then I see C D C says Yeah, even if you, you have COVID, even if you have COVID, you're you can, okay to go vote. Yeah. Go mix it up in the people. Yeah. This doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, Barry Alvarez, here's more from Alvarez. So the reason why I brought up the NFL is uh, NFL executive uh, Troy Vincent uh, with the Players Association sent Alvarez a bunch of info on how the NFL has handled COVID-19. Here is uh, comments from the athletic director. Sent me all of the protocol that they use in the NFL from how they board planes, how they sit, how they space at meals, how they space in meetings, uh, how they do everything and how it's charted. You know, wanted me to share it with Paul, with our doctors, study it and see if there's some things that we can, we haven't done or the things that we can do better that the NFL has really researched and studied and put together. 
And here's more on how to, uh, they're looking for ways to improve to keep guys safe. Trying to figure out how we can improve. I know, you know, Paul has had plenty of time to, to take a look at what Troy had to say. They thought there were some really good things in there, but we'll continue to work on it. And I'm sure we'll continue to adjust how we meet, how we practice. I thought we have a, I thought we had a very good plan on how we feed the players and how they go through the line. And, you know, but apparently we don't have all the answers. Uh, speaking of not having all the answers, they said they're still trying to track the source of the outbreak. We've got one of the doctors on campus who has some research on tracking where the virus came from. He's trying to help us. Uh, we're trying to locate a source uh, and, and trying to figure it all out. We haven't put it together yet. You know, that's something we're all trying to do. Good luck. You know, hopefully we'll get, get an answer soon. Good luck. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? Like interrogate every kid of where they were, who they were with, what they did. Then they're where gonna track you? them with their GPS. Where were you the night? That's scary. Of October twenty fourth. Isn't that kind of scary? Nine p.m. Like, hey, we're still trying to find the source. What were you doing? Where were you? Give me your phone. Let me see your GPS coordinates. That's kind of frightening. <laughs> they're never gonna figure out where it came from. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. But uh, I do hope that they can get it figured out and they can play football on here out because it does look like Graham Mertz is the real deal. No doubt. It does look like was he's well, before we get to the team, it does look like he's the second best quarterback in the or in the Big Ten. It does look like Wisconsin's the second best team in the Big Ten. It would suck. It would just absolutely suck and just add to twenty twenty if they are unable to play football with the team looking like it did through one week. Mm-hmm. All right, or especially if they only play a couple more games and then they're not eligible for anything. How about this? A lot of bad news in this segment, obviously, with COVID-19 and no Badger game Saturday. Here is good news. This is Barry Alvarez talking about men's, men's and women's hockey and basketball as well on COVID-19. Check it out. Looking at their numbers, I don't see any issues with those teams. We have had some positive testing in some of our other sports, but basketball and hockey, we haven't. You know, they're practicing and and moving forward and and doing okay at this point. All right, so that's good news right there. Basketball and hockey moving forward, doing okay. Hockey starting up soon, and basketball starting up November 25th. So let's keep our fingers crossed that we can uh, have that. Instead of uh, a little teaser of like, hey, here's a football schedule. Oh, we got to cancel games. What's going to happen on Thursday? It's uh, something that I've never. Well, yes, yeah, 2020. We've never experienced anything like this. The Packers, if there's no Aaron Jones, it's going to be, I kid you not, Tyler Irvin, who is still has a wrist injury. And off the practice squad, Dexter Williams. I don't. I don't even know what to expect. I don't know what what to think. And then you have Devontae Adams. There's a nice little target, right? I mean, Devontae Adams is top five wide receiver. He's a beast. But then let me read the other names that Aaron Rodgers might throw the ball to. And if he does, my God, please catch it. Malik Taylor, Equiminius St. Brown, Darius Shepard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Who, what, what is this? When I read these names and then I look at other teams, do you think other teams, other fan bases of their you know insert team here look at their wide receivers and are like, who are these guys? Do you think that happens for other teams? Or is, that, or is it just like solely Packer fans? There's probably a few teams out there where if you were playing them and you're lining up against their best receivers, you go, really? This is it? Yeah, but then you look at their quarterback and it's like some bum. Some guy that was like asking you if you could wash your windshield for a couple, you know, dollars. 
by a stop sign. Yeah, what you're saying is it's a team that's not very good. Yeah, that's therefore yeah. they don't have good players. How is it that the Packers? It's it is honestly is criminal of Aaron Rodgers. I know the defense is the the defense, in my opinion, is the true issue. But when you look at Aaron Rodgers and you you he has Devontae Adams, and then if Aaron Jones can't go, and obviously Jamal Williams isn't going, and AJ Dillon can't go. Alan Lazard's hurt. Alan Lazard's hurt. Apparently he's making progress, though. I just saw some um, some tweets out there that he's he's nearing form, getting closer and closer. The other receiver that you thought would be above Alan Lazard opted out. Like, is this just for the Packer, the, the franchise, is karma? I know karma can be a cruel bitch sometimes, but did the Packers franchise, like, years and years and decades ago, do something to upset, like, the GM gods? Malik Taylor, Equiminius St. Brown, Darius Shepard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Who, who, who are these people? I hope, prove me wrong, you know, I know they're listening. Go out and snag as many balls as you can, get in the end zone, and just throttle the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers, who we'll talk about a lot tomorrow, are a completely different team than last year. They're a shell of themselves. Okay, so... You've talked, these people? you've talked about in the past, you have Packer fans, you have Cheeseheads, you have all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we all collectively, whether you're a Packer fan, a or Cheesehead, or whatever, just a Wisconsin, basic Wisconsin sports fan. Sure. I don't think anybody in 2018, when Aaron Rodgers was playing terribly, had a bad leg, and Mike McCarthy was on his last legs as a, as a head coach with the Green Bay Packers, ever said, it's time to deal well, there are a few, few outliers. Time to trade Aaron Rodgers. Time to restart. Try to time to blow this all up. I think the vast majority, ninety-eight percent of people, said, "All right, they're gonna have to go in a new direction with a new coach. They're going to have to bring in some other weapons and draft some other players around Aaron Rodgers." And I think that was the collective view from again ninety-eight <laughs> percent of Packer fans. And I'll even say 98% of pundits and experts, right? Yeah. I I guess Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur fall in the 2%. I, I guess. Because they really haven't done anything. Who thought Aaron Rodgers was so washed up that not putting some other good players around him wouldn't make the Packers way better? It was. It was no one thought that. I would say me and you were bigger Rodgers critics in 2018. Well, and rightfully so, he was awful. Said he didn't look interested. His balls were nowhere near as crisp as they used to be. He wasn't putting it in the exact spot because it was easy. It's because it was true. And it was true. We were criticizing him. Both of us were both on the same size, but I'm not trading him. No. I'm trying to bring in more talent to surround him with. You, you, You gave Aaron Rodgers a big contract to say, hey, you're our guy. You're a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the greatest to ever play the game. Here's how we're going to help you. We're not. I don't know if Matt LaFleur, maybe Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst got like a grudge with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe, I don't know how to explain. How do you explain what has happened or what has not happened, I should say, with Aaron Rodgers and giving him something? It's been... <laughs> How how many years have been ready? Thirteen years. It's been a while. It's over a decade. Aaron Rodgers isn't young. It's over a decade. He turns thirty-seven in December. Think to yourself: What have the Packers done for Aaron Rodgers? The the front office. 
It hurts and boggles the mind. You know what they did in the draft? They drafted his replacement. Yeah, once that group of, you know, Jermichael Finley, Jordy Nelson, uh, James Jones, Randall Cobb. Which is phenomenal. Greg Jennings, Donald Driver. That was an amazing group yeah. with a ton of talent. That was that was definitely... An, that was a nice collection of, of, of talent, riches. of weapons. That not many teams are afforded. And now, But here's the thing. You can go from that to what they have now and it's rags to riches. Right. It's riches to riches rags. Riches to rags. It's like the it's like the rich man who lost everything exactly. by no by no fault exactly. of his own. And then you're like, like well, the stock market crashed on him and he lost it all. Well, all those guys because got, his financial advisors gave him bad advice. All those guys got old and obviously father, father time passed them by. There's nothing you can do about Think that. About this, you just have to reload, but we're reloading by giving you Devonte Adams and a bunch of bums. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Think of those. You brought up a good point. Aaron Rodgers comes into the league as a starting quarterback. He has Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, James Jones, Jermichael Finley. Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings. That sounds pretty nice, right? All when he was young. Let me read you who the Packers have now for Aaron Rodgers. And keep in mind, they didn't draft any wide receivers for two years, and they only got one wide receiver in free agency, Devin Funches, who's opted up. Here's now from James Jones, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson. Now I'll read you these names. Devontae Adams. Okay, that guy's a beast. Malik Taylor, Equiminius St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Darius Shepard. That's criminal. It's criminal. So if you actually look at some of those names and you compare them to the players that you listed before from his younger days, Mm -hmm. Devontae Adams is the only one that is – should be even mentioned with those other names. Uh-huh. Who is who is the next best receiver? You'd say Alan Lazard? Yeah. Alan Lazard, right? Yeah. He's maybe comparable to an ancient Donald Driver on that last season. Yeah, just a little bigger. He his his Donald and I, Driver, and I would not say Alan Lazard's gonna win dancing with the stars. Donald either. Driver was at the end of his career. He was the fourth, fifth receiver on that team, but he was still serviceable. Alan Lazard is now basically that Donald Driver, but being asked to be the number two. It, and then you have nothing brain else. brain hurts. You have nothing else behind it, and you wonder why you struggle. And this, this, isn't, this isn't like it's anything new either, you know? This is, this is a year-in and year-out conversation. Are we as Packer fans and Cheeseheads, are we, are we dumb? Do we not know what we're talking about? Are we not smart, Rowdy? Does Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur know something that we don't know? Are we dumb? I don't, I don't, how do you, Packer fans out there, ask yourself, are you stupid? Because I feel like Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur, mainly just Brian Gutekunst, Mark Murphy in the front office, treat us like we are. I don't get it. If you wanted to make it work, you'd make it work, right? The Kansas City Chiefs have no problem making it work. The Seattle Seahawks have no problem making it work. They got all-time quarterbacks. Who else doesn't have the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, have pro- don't have problems making it work. They got an all-time well, look quarterback. At, look at Seattle. If you want to use Seattle, they made it work when they didn't have an offensive line in Russell Wilson. They've made it work when they had the really good defense in Russell Wilson. 
And now they're making it work when they have the extremely good offense and a terrible defense with Russell Wilson. I don't I don't get it. The Packers made it work when they had an extremely good offense and a decent defense. And since then, it's just basically been Aaron Rodgers make everyone better. Like, the Packers say no to free agency and no to um, the trade deadline. I mean, free agency, Brian Gutekunst has been success in, obviously. But they say no to the trade deadline. Like, we're going to keep our draft picks. And then they go and draft Aaron Rodgers' replacement? A third-string running back? An H-back? Huh? I don't get it.